You are listening to the Revolutionary Force in Professional Wrestling Podcast for over 20 years. Reviews, interviews, shoots, news, and opinions like no other. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ring Scoops. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the Ring Scoops podcast here on ringscoops.com, anchor.fm slash ringscoops, and youtube.com slash ringscoops. I'm your host, that ringscoops guy, and I am recording this at 3.45 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Friday, July 24th, 2020. And uh, we got some news for you guys to discuss uh, very briefly uh, here on the show. Um, also, we're going to do uh, another retro. I'm going to take an old match from the WWE Network and uh, give my thoughts on that while we watch it, do a watch along. I'll tell you, you know, how I'm watching it, where, where we're going to watch it, do a countdown if you want to watch it with me, and then, uh, you know, just give my thoughts on that. Uh, going to debut a new segment on the show, too, called The Hot Seat, and that should be very interesting. A uh, special guest that's going to be on The Hot Seat, three questions uh, to ask the guest and to spark some, uh, some conversation. These are not yes or no kind of questions. These are questions to uh, invoke uh, much thought and much discussion and, and create a, a discourse about the topic and question at hand. And I, I think you guys are going to like that new segment. And uh, that's about it that we got for, for the show this week um, is uh, Retro, the hot seat. And, of course, I want to talk about some news real quick right now. Um, during, uh, during an appearance on uh, Table Talk, um, Big E addressed the possibility that the New Day faction may be breaking up pretty soon. Uh, and here's, uh, here's some quotes from the interview, courtesy of WrestlingInc.com, uh, from Big E. Quote, as cool as the singular moment of us breaking up might be for some, tell me besides the shield, it's very rare that you have a breakup where all three benefit. I don't really foresee us breaking up in a year from now. Woods is on a roll. Kofi's on a roll, and I'm on a roll at the same time. It's not really going to happen. I like to do single stuff. That would be a lot of fun, but I think that we don't need to break up. We can do something similar that with Kofi did, where we still stay a faction. We're still together. He pursued a single stuff, so yeah, I'm ready for it. End quote. Uh, so that's it for you know what Big E had to say about that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I personally, I think maybe instead of breaking up, like he said, they don't have to break up. They can still do some single stuff and still be together. Almost kind of like how like DX was uh, for a while there at the end of 98, beginning in 99, before they officially did break up, where, you know, Road Dog was doing some single stuff. X-Pac was doing single stuff. Triple H was doing that. And Billy Gunn was, was doing it. But they were still collectively as a unit, they were still DX. That is until, you know, China left and then Triple H made the turn. But I don't see any reason why, um, you know, Big E, Kofi, and Xavier couldn't do the same stuff. So um, I really like the, the, his idea there. I, lo- I love his take on that. Um, uh, I totally agree with him on that. Uh, collectively as a unit, though, I, I, I do would like to, I would like to see them less and more as, as a single unit kind of stuff that once in a while have to come together. Uh, I think that would work very well. And speaking of new, uh, not new, but speaking of stables and groups and whatnot, in the WWE, 
Uh, recently, there had been uh, rumors and talks that the WWE was going to plan to introduce like a revamped version of the Nation of, of Domination. Um, according to, uh, you know, uh, you know, Big Dave, right, that Mark Henry and, and Ron Simmons were supposed to be a part of this, uh, supposedly. But I guess, Mark, you know, Mark Henry, he didn't appear on Raw or whatnot. Um, and they pretty much, the idea is that with everything going on in the world right now, that this would be incredibly tone deaf. So there's a lot of people that want to get this idea next. Um, I, I I totally see the whole thing about it being tone deaf. Uh, I think there would be a huge backlash about that. Um, but at the same time, uh, a lot of things in entertainment that they do is to get people, uh, you know, to kind of talk about certain things. Like the, when they did the first Nation of Domination, it was controversial even at that time. I mean, they, and and they had a lot of things going on. Uh, it wasn't too far out from, you know, the, the L.A. riots and whatnot, you know, just, uh, what, two or three years out. Um, there was uh, not long after the O.J. thing. Um, so it wasn't like it just came out of nowhere. Uh, today's climate is, is way different. Today's society is way different than the way how people think. Um, I this, See, when I took, like, a lot of film classes and whatnot, it wasn't just about film, but it was about what society was at the time that the films were made and that kind of stuff. And some films that were controversial at the time are critically acclaimed by today's standards and whatnot, and they're praised for being able to touch up on certain social issues and to not be afraid to touch up on those and to be courageous and whatnot. But we all know you know, what people think of the wrestling industry, and we also know what a lot of wrestling fans think about promotions that do... Uh, storylines and characters based off of uh, true events and social issues such as this, uh, they definitely do not give it a chance. They immediately crap on it. Um, I think that if WWE were to do this, and I think if, if they gave it like a real solid run and didn't make it a caricature of itself, if they didn't poke fun at it, but they made it a legitimate storyline that has people talking in a discourse about this and and have an overall positive outcome about it, I would be for it. Unfortunately, I don't think that would happen. So because of that, I, I say don't do it. That I mean, that's just my opinion on that. Um, I guess there was also a rumor, moving on now, uh, I guess there was also a rumor that uh, the Edge and Randy Orton matches, it was supposed to be a trilogy. And that the the final match was supposed to take place at SummerSlam. You know, it's going to be an I Quit match. Uh, of course, you know, Edge being injured now. Um, that match will most likely take place at WrestleMania next year, which would make this entire program a one-year program, which is nice. I like it. It's a nice slow burn. That's what they used to do way back in the day. Uh, people don't do it a lot now because there's so much content out there that you would have to... Uh, be very creative. If you've got two or three shows a week like this and a, and a pay-per-view once a month, uh, it's hard to have a one-year storyline go because it's just going to get oversaturated extremely fast. But back in the day, when you had a one-hour Raw on a Monday night and you had little spots on a Superstars on a weekend and you know a pay-per-view every three months, it was a lot easier to get more mileage out of that 
But because of the situation that we're in with the pandemic, because of Edge's health, his situation, and now also being injured, it makes it extremely easy to be able to pop this off like this. And I, I like it. Um, an I quit match between the two, as long as it's not as long as the WrestleMania match they had this year, I'm all for it. These guys can work. They know what to do. They're veterans. Uh, enough said, right? I mean, that's that's all I got to say about that. Um, moving on, uh, The Miz. Somebody asked The Miz on Twitter, uh, Stevie Lee 23 uh, asked the Miz, uh, what age do you plan to retire and would you ever take up a management role in WWE? And the Miz answered back that he would retire uh, whenever it stops being fun. And I think that's a tremendous answer. Um, I think it's a mix between when it stops being fun and if you, if you are not healthy enough to do it anymore, that's when you should probably retire. Uh, if you're still having fun with it, you can still go. Why retire? Just keep going. You know what I mean? There's different ways to reinvent yourself. Uh, the final news thing that I want to talk about before we move on to the other segments on this week's Ring Soups podcast, uh, WWE announced the following. Uh, in coordination with our local partners, government officials, and TD Garden, WWE SummerSlam and related events will no longer take place in Boston. Refunds are available at the original point of purchase. And we're grateful to the city of Boston with their long-standing partnership and look forward to holding WWE events at TD Garden in the near future. SummerSlam will stream live on Sunday, August 23rd at 7 p.m. Eastern on WWE Network. Information regarding a new location for the event is forthcoming. So it looks like that it, it may be, um, you know, it probably most likely still take place at the Performance Center. Uh, but they kind of, with the wording, kind of give hope that there might be a different location for it. So who knows about that? Uh, NXT TakeOver 30 is going to be taking place the night before SummerSlam on August 22nd at Full Sail University. So there's that. But um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, uh, like I said at the top of the show, this week we got uh, Retro on the show. We got the hot seat and, uh, you know, just covering some news, some uh current events in wrestling that's that's what this episode minus retro that's what this week's episode of the ring soups podcast is pretty much about just kind of go over what is going on in the world of professional wrestling currently right now and uh that's about it next week uh hope to come back with a uh with a, a small round table i want to try to plan to have maybe uh two or three guests on and we can kind of discuss some stuff throw like one topic out there and just kind of run with it for a while um so all righty ladies and gentlemen uh we'll be right back this week on retro we're going to go all the way back to may 8th 1993 wcw saturday night and the match at random that i chose is van hammer versus rage I don't even know why I picked this match. I was just going through uh, some old WCW stuff on the WWE Network. Um, just randomly picked an episode, was scrolling through what was going on, and I saw Van Hammer versus Rage and said, I remember Van Hammer from when he was part of Raven's Flock. Uh, see some of his earlier stuff here, Van Hammer versus Rage. So there you go. So I'm watching this on the WWE Network. If you want to watch along with me, WWE Network, it's WCW Saturday Night. May 8th, 1993, 
It's Van Hammer versus Rage. I am paused at 25 minutes and 5 seconds. So I'm going to repeat the details one more time. WWE Network, WCW Saturday Night, May 8th, 1993. Paused at 25 minutes, 5 seconds. And of course, the countdown, when I do it, it'll be 3, 2, 1, play. When I say play, we hit play. Simple as that. All right, you guys ready? Here we go. Three, two, one, play. I always like the look of the uh, WCW Saturday Night. Look really cool. Heavy Metal Van Hammer. Dude had a great look. I remember in the late 90s when he joined Raven's Flock. The Wrecking Crew. Look at the look there on Rage, huh? Even got the rat tail going. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Larry Zabisco. Yeah, we got Nick Patrick as the referee. Yeah, I got to say, with the gear and his 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 physique, um... I'm kind of getting uh, Ludwig Borga vibes from Rage here. Like a Ludwig Borga and uh, Scott Norton kind of look. Van Hammer. Side headlock applied here on a Rage. It's two big guys, man. Like Van Hammer is definitely no small dude. And look how tall he is, especially compared to Nick Patrick. And Rage. Just a big, thick muscle dude. Kind of like watching these old WCW events. But, you know, like when I was a kid, I never really watched WCW. Like, I, I just always associated it as like that southern redneck kind of thing. So, like, whenever my Uncle George, who got me interested in wrestling, would come over and he'd watch WCW on the weekends, you know. My mom and dad always wondered, like, why I never watched that with him. It was just weird. Like, he'd have it on, and I would, I'd kind of be interested. I'd be like, oh, cool, wrestling. But I would lose interest fast. To me, just it, as a kid. I, uh, May 93, I was, what, 10? Nine going on 10? And, um, you know, especially back then, and being my age, you know, I, I didn't really give things a chance that much. But it's cool to go back and watch some of this stuff because there's a lot of hidden gems on these shows. A lot of great talent. You know, being older, more mature, having a, t- a bigger, uh, better attention span. And uh, now knowing what I know about the business compared to you know, when I was 10 years old, too. Both as a fan and also been, you know, working uh, the SoCal scene in the last 10 years. You know, just getting an understanding of the business and what to look for with talent. It's just, it's just way different. It's, it's really cool looking back. And there's Colonel Parker, also known as Tennessee Lee. I always found that character very interesting. But uh, it was it, it very obvious what the character was supposed to be all about. Um, and that was another thing, I think, probably why, as a kid, I didn't want to give WCW 
that much of a chance is because I just knew that it was just. I mean, come on, Colonel Parker, right? This dude has a plantation. I don't have to beat around the bush. The character was supposed to be a slave owner or something like that, right? Or a descendant of one. I mean, that's just stupid shit. It worked for him, but a nice side headlock takedown there by Van Hammer. And this match itself, I mean, it's very fundamental, very basic. Nothing uh, too much to get excited over. I need to stop picking these kind of matches. I know that I have the option to just hit stop and just pick another match and redo it, but I, I'd, I'd rather not. I'd rather just put it out there, get my real reaction to this. I've never seen this match before in my life. They're, they're running a very basic match, working the side headlock. So no wind. The Rage just got out of it with that back suplex. Even though Van Hammer's a big dude, taller than Rage. Rage is a little bit more thick, and Rage just has more of that monster, strong look to him. So I'm surprised that a guy like Van Hammer was the one working the side headlock and not the other way around, having the heel control the match. Then again, I don't know who's face or heel. I don't know the characters. I'm just watching this for the first time. I would assume, based off the look, that Rage is the heel and Van Hammer is the face. I mean, he, Rage now is, is working, working the head area with the rest hold. Getting Van Hammer in the corner, delivering the heat. Yeah, see, Rage has got to be the heel. Irish whip in the corner, Rage is charging in. Van Hammer moves out of the way. There's a roll-up, nice little hope spot. I'm starting to get it. Who's face and heel? I don't think there's there was enough heat for uh, Van Hammer to start building momentum, but the fans, well, it's canned heat, so I can't really say that the fans are getting behind him here. Nice shoulder tackle. Going for the cover on the Rage, only a one count. You know, Nick Patrick, the way he always went for a count was always interesting to me, where he would like look like he's lounging, just laying down. Look at this cradle here by Van Hammer. The shoulders were up. But I think Van Hammer, yeah, he got it. I don't know. The action picked up at the end there. But I just, I don't know. I guess for a TV match, it was okay. I don't think it was anything designed to build any heat for either of the guys, any heat or momentum. It was just a filler match to put a, put a mark in the wind column for Van Hammer. Oh, we're going to have an interview segment here. Is Colonel Parker trying to recruit Van Hammer? Colonel Parker obviously is the heel here. Van Hammer's kind of got like that Kerry Von Erich look going for him there. Oh, oh, he's got Colonel Parker. Van Hammer's got Colonel Parker. Colonel Parker sweating Crisco over here. 
Leave it to Colonel Parker. I'm going to pause it. Leave it to Colonel Parker to quote Mark Twain in a wrestling promo. <laughs> All right, that's it for Retro this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there you go. Saturday, WCW Saturday Night, Van Hammer, Rage. And it was not all the rage. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, starting with the next retro, I promise I'm going to pick more exciting matches. I'm going to think about what matches that I want to put out there. If anybody has any suggestions as well, hit me up on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram at ringscoops. Also ringscoops at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any suggestions or leave a comment, if you're listening to this on, on YouTube, leave a comment down below with a suggestion for the retro match that you'd like for me to, to, to watch. Uh, and do some commentary, get my thoughts on and whatnot. So that's retro. All right. Cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the debut of the hot seat here on the Ring Scoops podcast. Um, real simple, the hot seat. I have a guest at random at each segment. We have three questions that are designed to uh, extract from this uh, guest uh, different emotions, whether it be rage, sadness, happiness, uh, controversy, uh, just hot takes on things. It's called the hot seat. You get on, uh, like the shadow man used to say, uh, get on, shoot your shot, get off. Um, And this week on the debut segment of the hot seat, I got the most controversial man in the internet wrestling community he's been a guest on the ring scoops podcast in the past several times he's one of my best friends mac of all mac what's up what's up y'all what's going on with you undisputed still undisputed um most controversial man in the iwc yeah I don't just say stuff to say stuff i don't just say stuff to say stuff to be stupid <laughs> i'm controversial yeah and uh, I, I can't – I brought this up several times in the past before. I'm going to bring it up one more time because it's just funny to hell to me. Uh, I hope that it's not so controversial that we're going to be breaking some glass by the end of this segment. And I hope there's no questions <laughs> involving Christian because I'm not going to answer any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 2020 is not the Christian year. <laughs> All right, Mac. Um. Are you ready to join the hot seat? Yes. Okay. Question number one. Somewhat of a two-part question. What are your thoughts on the campaign? Hashtag Naomi deserves better. And also your thoughts on Booker T's comments about that. Uh, First of all, I have no idea what that is. So could you... Let me in on what Naomi deserves better and what Booker T said. Okay. So I, the camp- I have an idea, but I don't know. You know what I mean? I want to be sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Booker T actually, first off the, the hashtag uh, mm-hmm. Naomi deserves better. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of wrestling fans on Twitter and social media and, and whatnot. Um, 
they uh, they think Naomi obviously deserves better in WWE, like with the karaoke segment. Uh, they, you know, that was horseshit. We all can agree on that. Um, they just they want her to get a push. They they think that she should be on on you know on the the top end of things in the women's division in the WWE. So there's a, a huge huge congression of fans that are getting together to try to try to um, you know get. WWE to recognize that they should be pushing her. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to pull up because I, I don't want to just talk out of my ass about what Booker T said. I want to bring quotes up into this. But while I'm doing that, what I mean, what are your thoughts on that as far as Naomi goes? Like, do you think that she deserves better? Do you think she should get a push? What's your thoughts on her as a worker? I mean, I think it's this. I think that you have talent like Naomi, uh, Natalia, um, even, um, oh my God, Rusev's uh, wife. I can't believe I forgot her name. Lana. Like, Lana, thank you. Um, who else is a woman that's not really utilized? Um, Tamina, uh, Nia Jax, who they just, I don't know, whatever happened to her. They just took her off the TV. Like you have a lot of women that could be utilized in the women's division. And, you know, arguably you can say that Nia Jax is very stiff, can't work or whatever, but she, you know, she can put on some pretty good matches. I, I haven't seen matches with her that are horrible. I've seen matches with her that are stiff. But I think that what you should do is you should really inject these women that you're not doing anything with into NXT. If you're planning not to do anything with Naomi, then why not put her on NXT and, you know, have her be the centerpiece there? She knows how to work. She can teach these younger girls how to work. You can give her a long title reign and just put some prestige back on the title. Um, I think that the title in NXT kind of dipped down um, when you had Charlotte win it. Because everyone kind of had the general consensus that she wasn't going to have it for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I think that Naomi definitely deserves a role. Um, push her to the main event level. I don't know. Um, she has a very good um, look. I think she's beautiful, beautiful black woman. I think she's beautiful. Um, the glow thing, I think that's dope too and very innovative. But Outside of that, I don't really know who she is. She's the chick that dances and she glows and she's it's beautiful. Outside of that, I have no idea who she really is as a person. Um, and you need to put her in a situation where she can talk. And I think that NXT, NXT is not really a brand where there's a lot of talking. So I think that would be a good place for her to go. But I do think that she deserves way better than what's going on right now. I agree with you on that. Um, I, I, I like I like her work in the ring. Uh, I, I think she has a, a great look as well. Great, she can work. She has a good look. I think mm-hmm. she's got it. Um, I found the here's the quotes from Booker T because they asked Booker T about this on his podcast, and here's his quote: "Quote, they can go to hell with all these hashtags. I'm tired of hearing about them. Nobody deserves a chance." You have to earn a chance and your spot on the roster. This is not some kind of a movement that somebody uh, pull up just because I hate to say this because I like Naomi, but as far as the business goes, 
you get it on your merit alone. There's no buddy system, end quote. That was like the first thing that he said. Then he went on to talk about, you know, no one expected him to become the six-time champ, but as, you know, he worked for it and all that kind of stuff. But Well, actually, you didn't work for it. Um, what happened, and you said this story uh, on um, WWE backstage when they had it, um, David Arquette came on, and it was during the uh, Talking Smack segment, and Booker T told the story of when David Arquette won the world championship and he came backstage and he was really excited about it. And Booker was putting on his gear and, or taking off his gear, I should say. And then he told David Arquette, he was, uh, no, David Arquette told him, he said, Hey man, this is great, man, to be world champion. Um, How many of these have you had? And then Booker T looked up to him and he said, none. I've never been champion. So he then cut a promo that following week. And then he said that this championship should go to guys like Booker T. And because he said that, then that's what got the ball rolling to put him in a championship situation. So Booker, you cannot sit up here and say that it's through hard work. It's not what you know is who you know. And they knew that once they put you in that main event spotlight, then okay, now we see you as a main eventer. But before then, they weren't even looking at you. David Arquette didn't say anything. Then I don't think your name would be even mentioned in the main event scene. And that's what basically happened. And that's how it happened. And that's out of Booker's own mouth. So um, you got to have some luck and you got to know some people. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. You got to know somebody. That's the only way you're going to succeed. Or if you don't know somebody, you got to learn it from somebody that knows. That's the only way you're going to succeed in anything. So I disagree with him on that. But I think Naomi deserves better, for sure. In a way, David Arquette cutting that promo, getting Booker T on the radar, was 2000's version social media using a hashtag to get somebody in that position right absolutely absolutely so so booker contradicts himself right because you weren't mentioned in it and there was a groundswell of support all the boys in the back liked you and you know russo told a story about you know putting the belt on booker because they wanted to do that at bash at the beach so uh, you know, it, it was a groundswell of support that because of people in high places who wanted you to be the guy or talked about you being a guy is the only reason you became world champion the first time. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Well, all righty. That's a good one. I like it. I, I am with you on that. Uh, our second question here. What is your position on wrestling promotions, putting on live events during the pandemic these past couple of months? Um, I have to... Hmm. I, I, I feel indifferent about it. And the reason I feel indifferent about it is as a wrestling fan, I love the fact that there's entertainment. Um, when WrestleMania this year came on, this was like the first time 
that we were able to see some type of entertainment in this forum where you can escape for a few hours um, in the world. That was the first time that that was taking place um, where we weren't talking about the pandemic. We weren't raising funds or making, you know, there's a lot of people who had shows and concerts at home, but this was the first time where they were like, at the beginning, Stephanie's talking, let us entertain you. Let us take your mind away from this for a few hours. And it's a live broadcast. You don't know what's going to happen. Well, not live, but live to tape. And, you know, it, it, it was great from that standpoint. Um, from the standpoint of when, after that was done, and then now we're continuing on with further storylines, I was okay with that as well, too. But just like anything in life, you just keep going and going and going, and then you get greedy. So at first, we had no fans. Then we said, okay, well, we're going to add the NXT talent. So then once they added the NXT talent, they said, okay, well, why can't we just add some of the family and friends to this as well, too? So when they got sick and there was an outbreak, which the WWE downplayed greatly, but it was a pretty bad outbreak. We, we never really got an idea of how many people actually got sick. Like they kept that under wraps, but it was definitely an outbreak to the point that they had to halt production on everything for a little bit. That is when you need to seriously reevaluate, is this something that you want to keep doing? Because now we tried it, it failed, people got sick. So that's on the WWE side of everything. On the AEW side of everything, um, I am very disappointed with the way AEW has been doing things. Um, if you look back to uh, this match was specifically, I think it was uh, Jake Hager against uh, John Moxley. And it was like, uh, was it that match? I don't know, because one of the matches were empty arena. Match. I don't know if that was that match. But there was a match where uh, they were, John Moxley was fighting somebody in the crowd. And there were a bunch of people. There was easily 20 to 30 people there. There wasn't a lot of space between them. Everybody was screaming without a mask on, and they were fighting in the crowd. There's a lot of things that they've done that I don't think um, – is on the side of safety, in my opinion. Now, everybody may disagree with me. That's fine. But if you look at the visual presentation of Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, there's a big plexiglass there. And everyone is spaced out six feet from each other. Like they're doing visually what they should do, which is provide safety. That same type of visual safetyness is not in AEW. I don't know what they do to test people. I don't know any of that. I can't say what they do behind the scenes. But I just think that AEW has been a little bit sloppy when it comes to the safety. So I know this was a long answer, but overall, if I'm going to sum it up, if a situation like this happens for any promotion, whether it's AEW or WWE, where people get sick, you got to shut it down. You got to shut it down. And I 
don't agree with the WWE pushing on. I think you should have waited at least a, a week or two before you open back up um, to make sure that everything was fine. Um, so I didn't appreciate that. In AEW, I, you know, again, I don't appreciate the visuals of that, but no one's gotten sick. And I definitely don't appreciate Taz up there talking about how we don't do things like that over there when people can actually die from this thing. There's people that I know that have died from COVID-19. And you're on there cutting a promo to try to get some cheap heat because uh, you feel a certain way about the WWE because they don't want nothing to do with you. They don't want nothing to do with you either, JR. So you guys sit up there on your high horses and you cut these promos and you talk about how the WWE is not a good place to work and they put food on your table. They paid a lot of your bills. They sent your kids through college. You want to sit there and disrespect them? If the WWE never decided to sign you, Taz, if Paul Heyman didn't decide to get you in through the door, do you think you have the job you have right now? They were smart enough to put you on the commentating booth because you couldn't get it done in the ring. So, there you go. I went off a little bit. Yeah, take that, Taz, you fucking midget. Our third and final question. And this is... This is a good one. Okay. I think this one is going to be talked about for a long time to come. Okay. Who would you rather bang? Sonny Kiss or Nyla Rose? Oh, God. <laughs> oh... I don't know, man. I will have to say (laughs) neither. (laughs) I will have to say neither, man. Like, I'm trying to be truthful, but it's like at the end of the day, they both still have the same equipment. So I'm going to have to say no to both of them. All right. I'm that way. But I was trying to answer it it like if I was the last, like this was like life or death. And it's like, I just can't do it, man. So, All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mac, thank you so much for joining us on the very first hot seat here on the Ring Scoots podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, is there any shout outs or any plugs you want to give to anybody out there? Uh, visit myworkoutgym.com for all of your workout needs. And that's about it. All right. Myworkoutgym.com. Yes. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. It's eight. Hey, yeah. No, you guys don't have anywhere to go. You guys got nothing to do. It's a pandemic going on. You got all the time in the world to work out. Let's go to myworkoutgym.com. Yeah. Everything yeah. that we have on there is actually tested by trainers as being the most efficient at home workout equipment that you can use. So you're actually going to be able to uh, purchase things that are going to immediately impact uh, your body, uh, your BMI your strength, your endurance, all of that stuff, you'll be able to um, really, and then we have everything um, separated. So we have stuff for your core, stuff for your strength, stuff for your cardio. So uh, check us out and uh, we'll get some stuff out to you and we'll definitely help you out. And before we head out real quick, literally just now WWE sent out nine tweets in a row with a trivia thread 
and it says, let's get to know Naomi. And every trivia question is about Naomi. So they're well, they're they're already working on what you said. We're getting well. Getting well, not well. Not only that, but I don't know if you know this, but um, she's supposed to be appearing on the Mrs. Talk Show uh, on Friday on SmackDown. Well, let everybody know too. We're recording this like two hours before SmackDown goes on the air. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to kind of timestamp in case we talk about shit that you know goes down, and everybody's gonna be like, "Well, they already knew." No, no, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, Mac, again, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everybody out there for tuning in to this episode of the Ring Scoops podcast right here on ringscoops.com, youtube.com slash ringscoops, anchor.fm slash ringscoops. If you would like to follow Ring Scoops on social media, it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all with the same username, Ring Scoops. And also twitch.ringscoops.com if you want to check out some of the live Twitch feeds. Uh, the streams that we do, it's like Slam and Jam and whatnot. It's good stuff, man. And uh, of course, prowrestlingtees.com slash ringscoops as well for all your Ring Scoops merchandise. Prowrestlingtees.com slash ringscoops. That's it for this episode of the Ring Scoops podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, I'm that Ring Scoops guy saying thank you, good night, and be cool.